everyone. Welcome back to the Mindful Marriage Podcast, a Hope Fellowship podcast all about helping you survive and thrive in your marriage in ways only God could imagine. I'm your host, Seth News, and with me is Hope Fellowship's lead care and support pastor, Brock Yankee, and licensed professional counselor, Tara Wiedemeyer. Hey, guys. How's it going? Hey. Deuces, listening family. Oh, gross. Whoa. <laughs> Rough start. Okay. <laughs> Hey, everybody. Uh, well, I, I just want to start off with this question with you guys. Uh, what's the hardest work you've ever done? I think for me in looking at marriage, the hardest work I've ever done is, and I say this with all sincerity now, is I realized the biggest problem in my marriage was me. Like I'm the biggest stumbling block in our marriage and having to realize that there was a lot of work that I had to do to become less selfish, to become a better listener to uh, be more attentive, to uh, cherish my spouse. So I was extremely selfish. And so I think that's the hardest work I've had to do is just kind of going on that inward journey to be a better human being as I look at my marriage. What about you, Tara? What's the hardest work you've ever done? Man. Um, I would say in, re- in regards to marriage, um, just marriage. <laughs> you know, like I think marriage is just... I don't want to say marriage is hard, but marriage takes hard work. Um, And I think, you know, you put two people with two different backgrounds and two different stories and two different personalities in the same pod, it's going to, it's going to be messy at times and it's going to be very complex. So, you know, one center's marrying another center. um, So obviously that's going to lead to some stuff that is not all like, unicorns and roses yeah i was gonna say my hardest work i've ever done is uh, trying to get church people to sign up for events way in advance amen hmm. <laughs> that's the hardest thing i've ever done fits with this podcast <laughs> it's been super hard to get somebody about that yeah. yeah yeah well if you're listening and you don't sign up for events in advance that'd be really awesome yes but the thing the thing about it is i think with this <laughs> podcast what we're trying to do Just drop that in there yeah thank you seth but is <laughs> we talk about marriage being hard work and I didn't have any, people would say that to me from the moment we got married. I had no idea what that phrase meant. Like, okay. And so I think what we'd like to do today a little bit is unpack what in the world that means. Yeah. Right. Because if it is going to take hard work, what are you asking me to do? And once I had a game right. plan, then all of a sudden, oh, okay, I can do that instead of just hard work. It's like, okay. That just meant nothing to me. Right. So. <laughs> well, I mean, if you look at the definition of work, it it literally is, you know, I think we do, we waste a lot of just energy on things that we say we're working on this or whatever but it's not really true work work is like having putting forth some kind of effort whether it's physical or mental spiritual whatever towards you're trying to actually achieve a purpose or a goal and if you don't even know what those goals are you're kind of just spinning your wheels you know and so i think part of doing this hard work is figuring like it's kind of like that work smart not hard like, how do I even apply this to this relationship if I don't even know what needs to be worked on? Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, yeah. you know, so it takes time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just very, so, you got to commit to it. So really, like, the first step of, of working on your marriage is setting goals for what you want to work on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like then, a good first step. So what, yeah. what else does working on your marriage mean, Rock? Well, I, I think a lot of times we get ideas about... Um, and I know we overemphasize this, at least I do, is like a lot of times we think about working hard, we often point to our spouse and say, here's what they need to work on. But I think that's the first step in working on your marriage is like almost forgetting about what their journey is about and kind of focusing on my journey. 
Yeah. Here's what I need to work on so that I can be better at this and this and this. Yeah. And so I think stay it's in your lane. Draw stay in the your circle. lane. Draw the circle. Stay in your lane. I think that's the first part of hard work, in my opinion. What about you, Tara? You know, depending on what we're going through in those seasons, you know, sometimes it's just talking more, like communicating more around things. It's um, sometimes it's dreaming. Sometimes it's setting goals. Um, it just, you know, it depends on where we're at, what we're doing. But I think that communication is always primary to that. Yeah. If you can't communicate productively with your spouse, then you, you, you might as well just. And, and you're not thinking what they can do to communicate better. Yeah. You're thinking, what can I do to be a better communicator? Mm-hmm. So it always comes back to, to me again. Like if that's yeah. an area you want to work on, like I'm going to study how to communicate better. I'm going to study this person to know how they would like to communicate. So did yeah. I. I, I'm getting the therapist glare over there. So is that is that okay? No, it's just no, the, that's good. It's just a general look of disapproval. Okay, oh I'm my sorry. Gosh. <laughs> it's a it's a it seems like it's a self awareness about yourself, and then it's under it's giving your partner your, your spouse a little grace. Because mm-hmm. uh, you said something earlier that I want to I want to hear more about. You said sinners marry sinners. What do you mean when you say that? And just kind of talk to us about uh, how how you can work on a marriage when there's two sinners involved. Right. Well, um, so. You put these two flawed people together, even if they have the best of intentions or, you know, good hearts. Um, which, which, to be clear, like all of us are sinners. We're all flawed. Um, so yes. And if you sure think that saying. you're not, please turn off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Where are they going to go if they turn off the podcast? That makes to, no sense. Um, to confession. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just Thank you, Catholic Tara. <laughs> yes. I'm a priest. Um, anyways, you've got these two flawed people, you know, and their marriage is depending on what your goals for your marriage are, but hopefully y'all are on the same page. But a lot of times, like we've just discussed, you're not. And so finding out like where in the book am I and where's my spouse? And if you're going to do things together, you've, you you have to be in the same vicinity physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, to make it work and to make it whole. Part of this is I think we're realizing you have to go on a journey, a healing process yourself and kind of deal with a lot of stuff that your emotional baggage you're bringing mm-hmm. to the past. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, just for those of you listening, Tara is just, she's a phenomenal therapist. I mean, and so my family is incredibly grateful for her. She's done a lot of work with, with our, our daughter. And so we're just so grateful for the work she's done. Mm-hmm. But I know she's been on a journey herself. And so we've talked a little bit about kind of your family of origin and your dad and kind of that issue that you've kind of had to continue to work on. Would you mind sharing a little bit of that story with us? And I'll, I'll play the therapist. This is, this is Tara's dream, by the way, because she wants to change the name of therapy to therapy. And so this is her dream. Because <laughs> right I'm the here. therapist. You're the therapist. Um, I wanted this podcast to be called The Therapist and then really small font and brought. Yes. But that didn't go over very well. <laughs> no. Um, so, yes. And, you know, just to be very transparent here. Um, I knew I was going to be talking about some stuff with my about my dad, and so I did get his blessing, so to speak, and I just want to honor and respect him well. Um, and so I, you know, I wanted to make sure he was okay with this. And so just to go on record and say that, like, my dad and I are very close. He's one of my best friends, um, always has been, really. And um, I am truly grateful for... My childhood, the way I was raised, my family of origin, all of that, um, because I don't think I would be, I know I wouldn't be where I am today or who I am without that. So I really do, um, I really am grateful for that. And it, 
it took a while to maybe get there and see it the way I see it, but that's definitely where I'm at today. So um, I grew up in a family where um, my dad worked extremely hard, physically hard. He would go to work anywhere from like 1 to 3 a.m. in the mornings, like six days a week most of the time. And so when I woke up in the morning to go to school or whatever it was, he was already gone. So that's why a lot of that stuff we talked about earlier fell on my mom. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but he worked really hard and he has a huge heart. Um, but he, I mean, and you look at the way he grew up and it, it all makes sense too, but he had a severe, what I'm going to just say, like problem with rage, not just like, oh, you know, he has an anger problem. Like, I mean, it was legit, scary, hulked out rage. Mm. And, you know, so unfortunately the people who are closest to us catch the ugliest parts of us a lot of times. And so, and it shouldn't be that way. We should give those people our best, but that's we're, you know, we, we feel safest with those people. We're comfortable. Um, we very we let our hair down, so to speak, and take off our masks. And we just, we are our true selves. And sometimes that's not pretty. So, um, yeah, so I grew up in a family where, um, I mean, we were all very close, very tight, I would say. But um, you walked on eggshells because you didn't know what you were walking into most of the time. And so... Um, I will say also really quickly, my dad is not this way anymore. He's, you know, had like a heart transplant, so to speak, in this and been delivered from this and like has done a lot of work. Um, Not to say he doesn't still get angry, but it is nowhere near, you know, and there's nothing wrong with anger. I mean, I say that all the time, like it's productive, it's healthy, it's a good emotion, just like joy is, but it's what we do with it and how we treat ourselves and people in that process that makes it harmful sometimes and so um you know when you grow up like that it obviously it it impacts you and you know I'm not going to speak for other members of my family but for me you know I wanted to avoid getting in trouble um so I would I learned very early on how to like be diplomatic and read a room and you know um like diffuse situations and um, be the peacemaker when I could. Um, And when I couldn't, that was really upsetting as well because I felt like I failed, you know. Um, So I took on this responsibility that I had to like manage other people in my family or take care of them or like, you know, whatever sometimes. And we all did that in our own ways. But um, when it wasn't my responsibility to take on in the first place, it was my dad's. And so... You know, but when you're in that place, that headspace, I mean, even think about it. When you get just regular old angry, you're not thinking necessarily rationally. But when you're having like legit, like, rage, what I call clinical rage, even though that's not really a term, it's, I mean, you're not the same person, you know? Yeah. And so, um, it literally is the Hulk. It, it is. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, my dad has like the biggest heart and he's, you know, I grew up, it's so crazy because it's kind of like emotional whiplash. Like, you know, you don't see, like the generation I grew up in is if men showed emotion or vulnerability, that was a weakness. And thank God we're coming away from that some, but it's still definitely a trait in our culture. Um, but my dad would, 
like cry when he you know was touched by something or if he was happy sad whatever like I, I I saw him cry regularly and a lot of people can't say that they're like I've never seen my dad cry or I've only seen him cry when you know his father died or whatever but like that was a very my parents are both very sensitive um, very in touch with their emotions but didn't know what to do with him all the time you know and yeah. so um, but I saw this one side this vulnerable super loving guy um, and then something would trigger him and then all of that would melt away and he becomes like scary and mean and um, that is when you're growing up and you're developing and your brain is in certain um, time frames that impacts you sometimes for the rest of your life um, and it shapes the way you think and the way you um, love and see people I mean just everything and so I knew that I couldn't do marriage well until I worked through that because I was terrified for a long time I didn't even want to get married um, because I thought well what if I turn out like that you know what if one day I just like snap you know and I didn't want kids for a while either because I was like well what if you know I'm never going to be like him but like what if I'm hardwired that way to be that way mm -hmm. you know and so I had to do a lot of work on my own um, and love myself and give myself some grace and some space to mess up and to be okay with getting angry because that was not a comfortable emotion for me. I didn't, I because I was scared it was going to turn into his form of anger. And so um, it's been a journey for sure. Um, and it's, you know, I think a lot of times when you grow up a certain way or you, you're exposed to certain things, you, you can go one of two ways. Um, there's probably more than two, but mainly like there's, you know, you're like, this is all I know. So you become like that and you model what you've seen um, because it's shaped you. Or you're like, I absolutely don't want to be this way. And you go the other way yeah, and it's extreme. extreme. Yeah. And so neither one is healthy. Um, and so getting to be okay with healthy anger, you know, was a big thing for me. Um, and giving myself permission to get angry when it was appropriate and to manage it well um, has been a huge um, freeing piece of this, I guess. We come into this world and we're already having certain bents. You know, we've already been a certain way. But then, depending on your environment, you know, it will foster certain things or trigger certain things. And so, um, you know, I probably already had a bent towards being maybe a little neurotic and anxious and um, organized and, you know, having things a certain way because that's just, you know, that was my way of controlling things and keeping things in their place and stuff. Um, but then being in an environment where you're afraid to misstep a lot of times, um, yeah. I think fostered that and made it that go to an extreme as well. Do you think there's a, uh, for the majority of us, do you think we see a, an example of healthy anger very often growing up? I and mean, do you feel like it's... Well, I can't, I, don't, I mean, I can't speak for most people, but I mean, yeah. what I see, I mean, I didn't yeah. see that in my, and not just in my immediate family, but my my extended family as well. There were a lot of males with this same thing. Um, mm -hmm. And so I saw it play out, you know, across the board. But with my clients, you know, 
a lot of times I don't see healthy anger um, being like modeled or presented or shown, whether it's from my clients end or, you know, whoever they're dealing with. Right. And so to me, this is like a perfect example of kind of what we're talking about. Like if when we talk about marriage is hard work, like think about if you're the person that kind of might have the anger issue or whatever, the hard work for you is realizing I'm not doing this right. There is this emotional outburst that happens. I've got to do some hard work and go figure out what's wrong with me. I used to really believe that going to counseling was for really, really messed up people. Mm-hmm. Now I'm convinced that messed up people are the ones that don't go to counseling. It's like wow. you need to go so you can figure out where you're coming from. And so that's a perfect example of working in your marriage. Like I'm going to work on this, this anger issue. And then also from Tara's perspective, I think it's a perfect example. Like because when we're kids, things happen in that environment. And we just respond, we react. And so we've got to go out and figure out why we're acting that way. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's frustrating is if you, when you grow up in your family of origin, you know, most parents aren't perfect. And so when it comes to things like communication is a perfect example. Like you're not necessarily learning how to get all these communication skills. And so it's almost like marriage is hard work because you've got to go out and learn and become a student. Because to think that you should just be able to pick up to be a great communicator with someone that's gone through an experience yeah. that Tara's gone through or I've gone through or whoever else has gone through. It's so different and vast and varied to think that I'm going to learn how to communicate in a way that's really going to be helpful for that person. Right. It's just insane. Well, it's like if you're going to fix the fence at your house in your backyard, yes. you're not just going to go out there and use a no. spatula and, you know, some tongs. and <laughs> a spatula. You're, you're going to go out and you're going to buy the tools right. to fix the fence. And even then you're probably going to mess up a right. lot. Right. You're going to watch you have... some YouTube videos. Exactly. And, and so yeah. it's like th- this idea that we should know how to... Uh, communicate well, that we should know about intimacy well, that we should know about, you know, being able to, to share household duties, all that kind of stuff. It's just none of us come into marriage. No, there's no manual that really we're given that says here's how to do this thing. So we've really got to become lifelong learners and be students. And so if we're not doing things like going to seminars or reading books or learning about marriage, it's like that's what hard work is, in my opinion. It's mm-hmm. dealing with your own issues so that you can be a better spot and you're continually to learning so that you can do this thing better. And so, and we get so disappointed. Well, I'm not a good communicator. Communicator. <laughs> I'm not a good communicator. Uh, case in point. Case in point. <laughs> then, then like I must stink at it. But that's like this mindset that says, well, if I try something once and I'm no good at it, then I give up. That's, yeah. that's, that's a failure mindset. A, a growth mindset says, I try something, I'm not good at it. I've got to learn how to do it. Yeah. And so I think a lot of marriage just being this lifelong learner of learning to do with my own stuff, do with my own issues, and then doing the thing that's in front of me with this person that God has given to me. Right. I think the first step of that is just like any healthy healing process is admitting that you can have an actual problem. And, and we and, all do, baby. And we all do. Uh, so give us a little bit more about this healing process. How do you go through, what, what, what can we do to kind of start getting aware of this? And, you know, if there's something in our life like that that's really, that's really just killing us in our marriage, what, what are some of these things that we can do to heal? Let's go to the therapist. <laughs> and bro. I think, you know, just having... Whatever that is, whether that's a therapy office or a best friend or a sibling or whatever, but having a, a safe space where you can go and vent and, you know, share your thoughts and your feelings and work stuff out, unpack stuff, and um, know that it's not going to go any further and that, you you know, this person loves you and they may not know what to say or have the right words to say, but, like, they have your best intention at heart and they're going to at least hold the space for you to do that, I think is so important. Um, because and Tara, I'll, I'll say this is because this is your profession. 
But I've seen a lot of people that go to a friend or something like that and kind of vent and kind of pour out. And that friend's got advice from their perspective. Correct. And it usually causes more damage than it does good is what I've seen. It can. And so uh, I would really recommend if you can go to someone that can be neutral, uh, that's going yeah. to be trained in what they're doing to help you through that, that's the best place to go because everything else, totally. you're kind of tossing the, well, the coin think, up in the air. Is this going to work or not? Yeah, right. So and you I think, talk with your bro friends about what your wife is doing. And, well, yeah, and, yeah, and then it kind of turns into you. like a, a, it's a lot of negativity and all that. Absolutely. Yeah. And that yeah. breeds contempt and all these things. But I think, you know, but part of people starting out on a journey is figuring even that out. Like they go and they talk to a friend and maybe that friend is like saying these things and they're like, okay, that makes me feel good in the moment, but it's not fixing anything. I need to go like next level. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, but I think just at least starting the conversation with somebody is always important because it makes, anytime we speak something or write something down um, and get out of our own head about it, it gives us a different perspective and can help with clarity. So true, so true. And so I think, you know, talking to somebody about it, obviously, like, I mean, I'm pro-therapy. So, like, that's always a good idea. Pro-therapy. I am (laughs) pro-therapy. But just, you know, also learning how to really love yourself because depending on where you're coming from and what your story is, there could be a lot of shame and a lot of embarrassment or guilt or, you know, anger on your end and so that's all okay but if you don't want to stay there then you've got to go forward and you've got to move through it and that takes time that takes tools um but that's going to take a lot of self-work in the sense of like i've got to be able to like love myself and what a lot of people find out is like they're not loving themselves well through this so it does hinder the process or elongate it Mm -hmm. and so i think that's really important so you know giving yourself some grace and space to mess up to not be okay um and to like actually like feel things that maybe like you were told all along like weren't it wasn't okay to feel that or think that and i'll say too at hope we are pro-therapy as well. You know, we, we have programs like Regeneration to help mm-hmm. people start working through, um, you know, addiction issues and other types of issues that meet on Monday nights. And then we have programs like Reengage to help with marriages. And um, you can find all that on our website. Usually in the footer, you can find a list of counselors, which you are on, uh, Tara, and just uh, a lot of other trusted counselors that we have. So we, we definitely want to make sure you're getting the right kind of help in your life. Yeah, and I think it comes down to as, to as, as well, like if we think I want to heal and I'm just going to kind of keep trying to heal the way, get better the way I always have in my whole life. Well, where, where has that gotten mm-hmm. you? And so I think it's time to do something different. Well, it's like if you break your, your arm, it'll heal. Mm-hmm. But if you don't go to a doctor to set it in the right way, it'll, right. it'll heal the wrong way. Yeah. And then you've got this then you little have, wonky arm. Then that you have pinkies that look like this. Oh, For that, those in the viewing audience, my pinkies beautiful. are jacked. Oh, so gross. That is Every disgusting. <laughs> so uh, for our listeners <laughs> who might be in uh, some of this situation, they're thinking, yeah, I, I need to start. To, to do this, uh, especially for those who just want to become a better learner. Um, what are some of the things that they can do to specifically work on becoming a better learner, working on their marriage? What are some of those um, practical things? Well, I mean, again, we've talked about, you know, going to therapy. I think it's huge doing something like uh, re-engage or some mm-hmm. program to work on your marriage. And I think there's a lot of great, uh, just even reading, studying, listening to podcasts. I mean, my favorite podcast is the Mindful Marriage Podcast. You can Mine hear too. it here in this podcast. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, I've got people that I like to read. Uh, I, you know, people John like Gottman. Me, John Gottman, you Gary Thomas, some people like that, that I really just, you know, and there's uh, audio books. Like I try to listen to, I, I seriously do. I try to listen to one audio book a month about marriage. 
just to make mm-hmm. sure because I know that I'm a jerk. And once I stop kind of learning, I start to fade back to selfish, cruddy patterns. And so I've got to keep sharpening my mind to say, this is what good marriage looks like, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think I just stuff like that. And you can find, you know, cheap, you know, books on Audible or uh, there's uh, uh, Scribd. Scribd, is that what it's called? Or yeah. scri- I didn't know if it was Scribd or Scribd, whatever. Scribd. So, but I listen, uh, there's an easy place. It's like 10 yeah. bucks a month. And I, I really do try to listen to a marriage. And then even just you're focusing on a relationship with God. I mean, is it like, are you doing something to kind of nurture your soul? Because God, above all these things, is the greatest healer. And so allowing him to do some, some control and some work in your heart. And so mm. I think that's huge. So, Anything, anything you guys want to add for uh, as parting shots of wisdom, things that our listeners could benefit from? I would probably say if you, if you just kind of feel stuck or you feel helpless or like, you know, this is never going to get better, um, I'm here to tell you that it can and um, it will, but you've got to do the legwork and do your due diligence. And if you don't know where to start, you know, ask somebody or, you know, just start the conversation with somebody because I think sometimes it's a domino effect. Once you finally, like, you get it out, if it's, especially if it's the first time and you feel like, oh my gosh, that feels so good, and it just kind of, tumbles out and goes from there but I mean just surround yourself with people who are trustworthy and love you well and if you don't have those people find them um get connected and get plugged in because things don't have to stay the way they are um and we don't have to stay the way that we are but it's it's not going to just you know the answer is not going to fall in our lap so we need to do the work which again, that's why we say this is hard work, but it's so worth it. And the minute you find yourself thinking like, oh, I've got this, I'm good, I don't need to grow anymore, change or get any better, like that's scary. Like we should always be, like comfortability is like a no-no when it comes to growth. You can't just get better by wanting to be better. No, if that was the case, I would be amazing at like everything. (laughs) And people do change. I mean, I'm a prime example, Tara's a, a great example. And we worked with a lot of people, both of us, and seen a lot of people change. And so sometimes we think we're stuck. There, I'm always going to be this way. But if you tr- try these things, people do change. It's not necessarily overnight. Mm-hmm. People do change, and that's encouraging. So like, there is hope. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. It's been, it's been great. Um, as we wrap up here, uh, thank you out there for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. We hope that you'll subscribe and give us a rating review in iTunes. Uh, Story really helps us out. And next time on the show, we're going to start and uh, work through some of the communication problems that couples face in their marriage and how to see some progress. So I'm excited about that. You guys will be back with that episode soon. So thanks for listening. We'll see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Marriage Podcast. Learn more about the marriage ministry at Hope by visiting hopefellowship.net slash marriage.